the Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Congressman and Dr. Michael Burgess, representing the 26th Congressional District in the great state of Texas since 2003, currently serving on the prestigious House Energy and Commerce Committee, chairman of the Subcommittee on Commerce, Manufacturing and Trade, also a member of the Rules Committee, Dr. Burgess founded and currently serves as co-chair of the Congressional Health Caucus, I should say. Congressman, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Chris, it's so good to be with you back in the land of normalcy. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you having me on. And well, I actually, I did not, I did not know about that soundbite you were going to play. That uh, I didn't watch the Sunday shows as, I guess, as studiously as I should have. So thank you for uh, providing me that little bit of insight. Oh well, no, no problem. And you know, of course, immediately what I wanted to ask you when we got you on is, what did you talk about inside of the Oval Office with the president? What was what was some of the uh, the the politicking, as much as you can you can reveal, that went into this? Well, let me just say for you know the people who say that uh, Donald Trump is uh, you know he's out of his depths on on what he's doing. I mean, I, I was watching someone who was absolutely in control of the situation probably telling us stuff that we should know about other members and and where they were on the potential of of voting for this thing the president understood very clearly that um going to be hard for him to move forward with his agenda if he doesn't get congress to uh, the house at least to pass something related to health care so he was he was deeply involved in it and and deeply involved in the in the nuts and bolts, I won't say that here's someone who's really understood the policy part as completely as someone else from day one, but he really has involved himself in this in the process, in the policy, and as a consequence, I left from that meeting feeling very confident that here is someone who, number one, they know he knows what he's doing. He knows the body with which he is working, being the House of Representatives. He knows... Oh, Chris, just between you and me, at one point I thought it was like reading one of those old uh, those books about how Lyndon Johnson was at the Master of the Senate. I mean, he he knew he knew people that for someone who's been there just a few months. I mean, how in the world would you know the people, the the, the members of the House, in the detail that he knows them? Then that's his business. That's what he did as a as a businessman, as a negotiator. It was his business to know uh, the, the where where everyone at the table was coming from, and he had a very 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 good sense of that. 
All right. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about your ear on the ground and your colleagues over in the United States Senate. What do you think they are going to do with it? The, uh, the, the easy money says they're going to come up with their own bill that looks nothing like what you guys came up with in the House. Well, God bless them. God bless them. That's, uh, that's their prerogative. And uh, I've heard several of them say that. Uh, haven't heard much from Leader McConnell, and obviously he is the he's the big player here. And I do know that he and the president speak, um, so it's uh, likely there there are some some things afoot that that you and I will not know about as mere mortals. But um, yeah, that, that's right. He goes to the Senate. I would I would offer you this prediction, Chris, and for the people who have criticized me because the the bill wasn't as conservative and didn't hew to conservative principles as much as people wanted it to, uh, it's not likely to get more conservative in the United States Senate. Just <laughs> a prediction that I would offer you here, flat-footed on the ground. Well, I think that's a that's a fairly safe bet. Congressman and Dr. Michael Burgess, my guest right now, 26th congressional district in the state of Texas, and one of the one of the key players in in helping move forward the Obamacare amendment uh, bill out of the United States House of Representatives into the Senate. So let's now you, you made allusion to it. So let's you and I get philosophical here for a minute. Uh, I, I want you to give me your read and give me your honest appraisal of where you are and where the Republican caucus is. We we were one of those voices very critical of what had happened with this whole idea of repeal and replace. We were in favor, as you know, of repeal and deregulate, of repeal Obamacare and then remove government from the decision-making process between patient and, and, uh, and, and doctor. I, I agree what? with that, absolutely, and I would add to that, uh, nor should we allow the insurance company to interpose itself. So as a, as a you know, hewing to a true libertarian philosophy, nothing should get between the doctor and the patient. I recognize that when you involve federal payers, you do involve federal rules. When you involve third-party payers, you involve rules that affect those, those folks. So it's, it becomes a little less crisp. Uh, whether it's the government paying for it, whether it's an insurance company that's paying for it, it's the old uh, uh, he, he that has the gold makes the rules. But wow. at the same time, at the same time, it is not my job to protect insurance companies. It's my job to protect patients and and providers, physicians, hospitals, uh, insurance companies, and um, again, just between you and me, they are a necessary evil. Uh, but there's no reason that federal law should bend over backwards to protect an insurance company. Now, having said that, I also recognize that without a viable and robust insurance market, the number of people who are going to be covered at a reasonable cost is probably diminished. I think we've well, seen. I know, that but uh, with Congressman, Obama, with, with all with all due respect, with all due respect, and and this is and this is why I, w- I wanted to get your feeling and get your honest read. Because Charles Krauthammer is out there, one of the conservative thinkers on our side, saying we're going to have single payer within seven years because the Republican Party has surrendered on this idea that that, uh, that, that and, and they have basically agreed with Obama that government has a role here. It's something I fundamentally disagree on, but I wanted you to give your personal take and also give me a read of your colleagues in the House of Representatives. Has the Republican Party agreed with the Democrat Party that there is an entitlement that is needed here between between patients and doctors? 
Well, first off, and, and I appreciate you pointing out that it is my personal opinion, and that's what I'm giving you right now. I'm not speaking as a member of the committee or certainly chairman of the subcommittee. I'm giving you my opinion. I also disagree with Dr. Krauthammer. He is a very smart individual, so it's with some, some trepidation that I ever disagree with him, but I don't think he's right on this instance. And honestly, what I saw at the beginning of the year as 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 this was this whole process was unfolding. I saw a lot of activity by our governors in a bipartisan fashion, and the governors were asking for the flexibility within the Medicaid system, within their own health care systems, within their state. And that's uh, my opinion. That's a good Tenth Amendment approach to what bedevils health care in this country. It is different in Massachusetts and Texas, and as a consequence, our state organizations should be the ones that largely are in in charge of this and it is I know it's offensive sometimes to the governors and I would like to to limit this it is it is unreasonable to ask them to come to Washington to ask for permission every time they want to try something new every time they want to innovate within their state uh, their state health system which is Medicaid it's a shared federal state responsibility, but the federal government asserts far too much authority and will not allow the states to take care of people the way the state might envision. And that has been, historically, in my opinion, that has been a significant problem. This bill, for all of the faults that people are quick to point out, does provide a great deal more flexibility for the states. And I think, you know, it's a step in the right direction, Chris. Is it, is it, does it get immediately to where every liberty-loving Latino wants to get? No, but it is a step along the way, and it is certainly – well, look, take a step back. and we're in, Okay, we had the government shutdown over, over Obamacare. Remember that? Right, and right. President, President Obama uh, – I know you're no fan, but President Obama gets on the airwaves, and he lectures us, and he says – you know, if you want to affect policy, you need to win an election. And so we did. We won the Senate, and then we won the White House, and no one expected that to happen. So now, having won those two elections, is it reasonable to try to bend things back to a more market-based, to a more state-centric program? I think that it is. Now, right. Have I and I, you know what? It, I want in this bill? No, I'm not. But at the same time, I do think it's a step in the right direction. I got and about look at what the Senate does. Yeah, I got about 30 seconds, Congressman. So I just first off, give me your read. Do you think the Republican Party has agreed with the Democrat Party that there needs to be an entitlement here, and that's why they came up with a replacement bill? I don't. But at the same time, uh, I mean, that's what you had the President of the United States talking about. Mm-hmm. Was when he campaigned was repeal and replace, so that did become part of the uh, became part of the language. It I understand. Was different from our reconciliation bill from a year ago. All right, hey Congressman, look, only. we we were we heap praise on you because you're very accessible. You always come on and you and you, you you try to tackle as honestly as you possibly can, and we get a sense of that at least some of these tough issues. And uh, uh, as always, you were the first one, and <laughs> we're going to get other Republicans on as well. Hopefully, who will come on and want to have this conversation with us, but. Uh, and and in my view, is is one of those folks in the conservative movement. These discussions have to be had about where we're headed as a country and where the Republican Party actually stands. Congressman and Doctor Michael Burgess, everybody, District Twenty Six in the great state of Texas, sir. Always appreciate the visit here on the Salcedo Show. Great, thank you, Chris. Anytime. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. 
To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. The Blaze Radio Network. On Demand.